All right, football at four. We got lots to deal with here with you. Um, again, you can always hit us up 757-687-9494-757-687-9494 uh, to join us via the uh, text line or the Ballyhoo's phone line, 757-687-9494. All right, so we're about that time of year. Uh, tomorrow is the first day for the franchise tags to get placed, but you do have you know several weeks to do it. And, you know, and the fact that... In fact, I would suspect most teams will not do it immediately. Anyway, you'd rather talk to your players, try to get some feel as to um, where uh, and whether or not uh, you could get a long-term deal done. But you have until tomorrow at 4 o'clock, until March 5th, during the time frame. Again, you're allowed to tag one player who's scheduled to become an unrestricted free agent. Doing so would help you keep that player for the 2024 season. Of course, uh, you would have to then pay them the top five annual salaries at each position, and the price tag goes up each time that player gets tagged, so teams must determine whether or not it's in their best interest to do so. Last year, six players were tagged, including Lamar Jackson, who eventually did get a five-year, $260 million contract done with the Baltimore Ravens. I would say the biggest name guy this year certainly is Chris Jones, right? The cost of putting him on the tag, though, will be more than $32 million, which makes it very challenging. Now, on the other side, Legereus Sneed, the corner, is also a uh, free agent for the Chiefs. Both of these players, I think they have to keep, right? Like, if you look at the Chiefs, they got to be all in, right? I mean, the Chiefs have got to be all in. It's a three-peat, for goodness sakes. How many chances in life are you going to get to three-peat at anything? Yeah, and especially since you're not exactly breaking the bank at wide receiver right now. Yeah, there is. Or running back, for that matter. That's true. They're saving some money in some other places. So, you got to keep both of those players. I think Sneed makes more sense to tag. Jones, it'll be difficult. Um, you know, they, they've had difficult negotiations with him in the past. Even though he did kind of, maybe it was, I don't know, maybe it was the alcohol talking at the par- parade <laughs> that said he wanted to be there and yep. this, that, and the other. And I, and I think they have to kind of move forward like he has to be there as well. But here's the number uh, today. I saw this um, a couple hours ago. The league year, we're going to get the number eventually. Currently, uh, the league wants to avoid a massive spike in the cap, so opting for a smoothing out the cap limit um, to limit as the TV deals and gambling money increases um, and the losses from the pandemic slip off the books. For now, multiple sources have indicated that the teams are expected to be able to spend between $242 million and $243 million next year. Another source tells Pro Football Talk, had his this reaction more. He thinks it'll be higher. But anyway, whatever it is, it is a lot more um, than where we began. Think about this. When they began the salary cap era, 1994, Oof. it was $34.6 million. <laughs> and now we're at 243 44 somewhere north of there, right? That's funny. The final number will merge next week, and that will help, right? The, find out what they want to get players to do. Um so let's say it's close to 250, like because there there's so many different like reports now. Let's say it's closer to 250. Uh, that would certainly be a big help for teams in terms of fitting players in. But this, you know, this defensive line. Think about the defensive line contracts we've seen over the last few years. There's been a lot of them, especially at D tackle. And Chris Jones, it's it's different because he's a hybrid, right? He's not an end. He's not really a tackle. Right. He's probably better rushing from the inside, but he can play on the outside. So that that's always a little tricky. Uh, and trying to figure out his value, and I'm sure that's what him and his agent are trying to sell everybody too. I mean, he had ten and a half sacks this year, and admittingly, he seemed to be kind of pacing himself in, in the regular season. Was it quite the level that we've seen from years past? He had fifteen and a half the prior year, 
but he's been part of all these great Chiefs defenses that have won Super Bowls and been to Super Bowls and is the, the real chess piece kind of for what Steve Spagnuolo has been able to do defensively. He seems to be the most irreplaceable part of what the Chiefs could do. Because let's just say they let Snead walk. What's to stop them from, I don't know, going out and getting somebody played in their system before like Kendall Fuller? Right. For a much cheaper price. You know, or drafting corners. Because they've done this before. They've drafted guys and just um, plugged along from there. So I'll be fascinated to see what the Chiefs do because, you know, they're a smart team. And they're, uh, they're, they're, they have been handling their cap very well. So some of the other obvious guys for franchise tags, T. Higgins with the Bengals. They've said they want to keep him. Uh, they've already got Jamar Chase, who's a stud. So maybe you could say, well, you could live without T. Higgins. But Joe Burrow certainly probably wouldn't agree with you. And remember, Tyler Boyd's a free agent as well. So you've yeah. got your number three guy that's also yeah. up for a contract. That's true. Three guys g- going probably. Um, you got, as you said, you got T. Higgins up. Probably makes more sense. Um, you know, Josh Allen, not that Josh Allen. Just calm down. Calm down, Bills fans. I got to say, you got to be careful when you say those Josh names Allen, the pass rusher for the Jaguars, who has coming off, is coming off a 17 and a half sack season um and was sixth in the nfl in pressures and tied for 10th in the sacks right he's having a great he had a great year so he's up for a franchise tag you got to think that jags will do that they need to keep him locked in um other big name players include of course saquon barkley again for the giants josh jacobs for the raiders although i kind of feel like josh jacobs maybe not because last year you know they did this too, and they couldn't get anywhere on a long-term deal. No. He didn't have the best of seasons for for him. So I don't know that that will be interesting because you know that's a it's a one-year deal. He agreed to a one-year deal worth eleven point seven nine million before the, which was more than the original tender. Again, had his worst season. Raiders might not have to use the twelve point four to tag him. You could probably get him back for less on a, like a multi-year deal. I'd think so. Yeah. But maybe you would have to do that initially just then for the years down the road. So, again, Barkley, on the other hand, again, 27 years old now at this point. He's been, uh, you know, he's been a bit of injury prone guy in the past, but has been healthier now. 12.1 coming off a sub 1,000 yard season. But again, you take Saquon Barkley off that offense. What exactly is that offense? Is my always my big question for you, for anybody, when you talk about the Giants. I, I can't even imagine what that would look like. And I don't think Giants fans want to. So another um, cornerback that possibly could be tagged is Jalen Johnson for the Bears. Um, Also, uh, you know, they've talked about the commanders potentially, believe it or not, doing that to Kendall Fuller, even at his age, which would be fascinating. Hmm. Um, I don't think they're going to do it with Cam Curl. Might be wrong. Maybe it would make more sense. But they have more depth at, at safety than they do corner is the tricky part for Washington. Yeah, I just that just seems like it would be a high price tag for Fuller. Not that it wouldn't be for, for Cam Curl as well, but yeah. for Kendall Fuller at that age, I don't know that you want to pay that freight. Yeah, but again, like anything else, what's your what's your uh, replacement? You know, what's, yeah. what's your That's fair. plan B? That's I mean, fair. they don't really seem to have one. But again, this is why, you know, Dan Quinn and uh, Adam Peters and these guys get paid the big bucks. And we do know they usually find a corner that has an outstanding season in this uh, Dan Quinn defense. So they might not do it with any of these guys, but you got to think they'll want to keep at least one of those two secondary players that are free agents. Um, The other, the other one who's probably going to make a lot of money is Brian Burns. And you wonder why the tight, the Titans, 
the Panthers didn't just sign him or, or trade him, excuse me, when they had the chance last year when it looked like they were doing a, when a they were doing a fire sale, right? Like because he would have had value for somebody at that point. But Brian Burns, you would think maybe just tag him in order to maybe create a trade market for him. Well, and here's the interesting thing about that, too, is that it's a bit of a Jimmy Graham situation here because he's he's a defensive end, essentially, but he's listed on the roster as an outside linebacker, which kind of changes the money for the tag. And you got to wonder if there's sure. going to be a little bit of debate there as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I to me, he's a pass rusher. I don't, I don't really think of him as a... Um, He's he's a he's a pass rusher. That's the gray he, area of the yeah. whole thing, you know. Yeah. You can you can list somebody a certain way and make the money a little bit different. And it's a three four defense, so he's a pass rusher, even though it's an outside linebacker. And so, technically, he is a linebacker. But how many times have you seen him lined up right, at end? Right, and, and and again, it's a three four, so he's attacking. So I would say he's you know they're looking at like a twenty three million dollar uh, type of investment in him if that's the route they go. So. Those are the ones. Um, oh, and Antoine Winfield. I knew there was another secondary guy. And, and that's the thing about Tampa Bay as well. They've got Winfield. They've got Evans. They've got Baker Mayfield. They've yeah. got all these guys that, you know, you, you want to keep most of those guys, but who gets the tag? It seems like somebody's getting tagged. And well, they they almost need to be. knock. Like, if you're the Bucks, like, you don't do anything, obviously, in the first couple of days. But you have to get one of those three contracts figured out prior yes. to the market. Now, would those players be willing to do that? I, Baker Mayfield's an interesting one because he came off his best season in a long time, feels like he should be their quarterback moving forward. Is he okay with that, or is he trying to test the market again? Right, like That's what you just don't know where Baker Mayfield's mindset is on that. Uh, Mike Evans is an all-time Tampa player. Like he needs, they, they need to keep him. Uh, but again, what is the cost? How much is, you know, has that going to be? And if, you're, and if you're Baker Mayfield – in some sense, are you kind of tied to what Mike Evans is going to do? Or are you like, wait a minute, I'm not going to resign here if you don't keep Mike Evans. I mean, a part of me, if I was Baker Mayfield, it would be like that as well. And he does lose, lose his offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, to the um, you know to a division rival in the Carolina Panthers, a team that had cut him before. So he's now the head coach there. So maybe that changes Baker's mindset a little bit on the Buccaneers. I'm not sure. But I'll be... Uh, be interested to see what they end up doing. All right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. All right, over the weekend, somebody put out these Kirk Cousins odds for next year. We'll dive into that. Do they make sense at all? And uh, one of the teams that they keep throwing out there, we'll uh, try to debunk that on the other side. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio. 94.1, we are brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, we're brought to you by uh, Larry King Law. So um, over the weekend, I saw one of these odds things for Kirk Cousins' uh, future. And again, we're not even free agency yet. Teams, you know, we, we have drafts. We have all this other stuff coming up. You know, people have to still study their own people, decide what they want to do in the draft. Could be trades. I mean, there are a lot of things that can take place between now and the start of uh, NFL free agency, which is, you know, it's less than a month away. Uh, but there is there are odds out um with where uh, Kirk Cousins, the currently the Minnesota Vikings quarterback, may end up uh, next season. And uh, one of the teams that are surprisingly high on the board, you ready for this, James? All right, hit me with it. Are the Washington Commanders. Why? How? <laughs> so DraftKings odds for Cousins in 2024. Vikings are the favorite. I mean, I've been saying this all along. Like, what, what else do the Vikings do? They're invested a lot in Kirk. Maybe they're not going to go long-term. Everything is um, 
guaranteed route or anything like that, but certainly they're going to have a lot of, you know, they, they got a lot of reason to stick with Kirk, right? He, he and Kevin O'Connell work better. And where they're picking in the draft, they're not going to find an obvious year one starting quarterback. Right, right. Could you see them taking Michael Penix in the middle of the round? Sure, why not? You know, and then maybe do a Kirk on a two year deal, one year, whatever it is. Okay, sure. Um, the non Minnesota favorite is interesting is Atlanta at plus 300. Because okay. again, Raheem Morris was in the picture. Uh, of 2013, Washington Redskins staff. He's on the Shanahan, you know, tree and all that stuff. Even though really it was McVeigh who gave him the most work, but whatever. Uh, so the, anyway, so you you got that going on. Next is Washington at plus five. So they're the third highest. Again, this makes no sense for a lot of reasons. They have a lot of cap space. They have uh, they can get a rookie quarterback with a second overall pick, or they could stick with a rookie contract. They have their current quarterback. Uh, Sam Howell, but this is not like a ready-made team in the offseason to win a Super Bowl. Right. And that's what Kirk Cousins should be looking at, a team that is a contender, a team that he could win with. I mean, he's done the, hey, I'm getting the most cash move, okay? And actually, Minnesota's probably, again, the team that makes the most sense for him can can get you a little bit of both, potentially. And Justin Jefferson has gone out of his way to say, you know, he's very, uh, you know, he's thinking about Cousins, too, when it comes to his contract, because he likes playing with Cousins and thinks... Uh, they can help each other. So anyway, it just doesn't make sense. There's just too many things new, and I get it. You have Adam Peters who worked with Kyle, blah blah blah. You know, but but he's not a young Kirk Cousins anymore. He's not cheap Kirk Cousins anymore. He's expensive Kirk Cousins. So that makes zero sense at all. And he's a reconstructed Kirk Cousins at this point. Yeah, and and by the way, he didn't exactly love his time in Washington, despite all the goofy, corny stuff he says. Uh, he you know he didn't like he didn't uh, like that as much in Washington as he does there. <laughs> It might be a triggering situation for him, so I just don't. I don't see it being a real fit. Um, but again, you know, I guess crazier things in the world have happened. So with the Falcons, Washington, the Raiders—that makes sense. The Raiders need a starting quarterback, right? Yeah. They got Devontae Adams. That would be helpful to him. You know, are they close to winning though? That's a really hard neighborhood, man. I mean, you're going in a neighborhood with the Super Bowl champion two times over, uh, three times over, Patrick Mahomes, back to backs. You're going in with Justin Herbert and and Jim Harbaugh now, and that's that's a big, big big boy neighborhood. Whereas, you know, not to say that the North is easy because the Lions have gotten a lot better. Obviously, they were very close to going to the Super Bowl. The Packers had a really good playoff run. I mean, so the minute you know the Vikings are kind of back there, but you know, I take my chances of going up against Jared Goff. And Jordan Love, you know, with what I know in Minnesota than than those other guys across the country. I'll tell you what, I'd take my chances with Bryce Young, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, and whatever on earth they decide to do in Atlanta and in New Orleans. Know, other places yeah, in, in, no, in New Orleans. Yeah, you're not wrong. Titans and Patriots are also in this thing. Steelers plus twelve hundred for Titans and Patriots plus sixteen hundred for the Steelers. No, remember the Steelers are all in on a completely different quarterback, remember? Yeah, that's right. They're all in on Justin Fields for some reason. <laughs> anyway. But so again, the Falcons thing for personal reasons makes sense. And this is why with with cousins you should never discount this, right? Like this is why I never thought for a second he was going to New York or would agree to a trade to the Jets. Not that the Vikings were even trying to do that, but back when it became important for ESPN and NFL network to get a replacement quarterback for just part of the season for uh, Aaron Rodgers, I was like, this is never happening. Anyway, the Falcons is where Cousins' wife grew up. Her parents still live there. So, okay, they live there. Their family home um, was there for a while as well, so why wouldn't it make sense, right? Um, 
you know, and again, Raheem Morris, you know, there's also Zach Robinson, who's part of that tree with McVeigh, um, you know, as well as Con- O'Connell was. So you have a lot of those things going. I, I think he actually likes Minnesota. Yeah, know, I think he well. does too. And I, I think he's been pretty loyal to them. If you watch that, you know, documentary on Netflix quarterback, the one that nobody wants to do season two of, you really saw how into Minnesota this guy was. I mean, he was in, you know, and you saw it this year too. Look, he's injured, right? He tears his Achilles. And nobody would be mad at him if he didn't show up to the facility or go to the Christmas party. I mean, he's at the thing like the next day in yeah. Minnesota with the, you know, you know, he he's very much, you know, in, in it. I mean, he's not just faking it. I mean, he's, it's all the thing. Well, he was faking it in Washington. He, <laughs> he and it wasn't all his fault because they were going a year at a time with him, you know? Mostly wasn't his fault, if yeah. you want to be honest. No, mostly was not his fault. Other than that pick against the Giants is still on to this day. <laughs> Yeah, it was a terrible game. Uh, 757-687-9494. But anyway, I, just to get off, again, my position is there's no chance that he's going back to Washington. That no. doesn't make any sense at all. That is not a forward-thinking move. I would, if you're going to, you know, again, if you're talking veteran quarterbacks, keep Brissett. I got no problem with that. Keep Brissett for another year with said rookie and with Hal or whatever. But, to, you know, to bring Cousins in, that's a lot of money. That doesn't that doesn't really Seems add up. Seems dumb. I agree. Seems really dopey. All right, 757-687-9494. Uh, text line, uh, and you can also hit us up via the Valley Hughes phone line. It's Bill Williamsburg is. What is up, Bill? Hey, Scott. How are you? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Skippy's doing great, too. Hey, he, he wanted to tell you that uh, um, when the Lions went in to uh, play the 49ers, they came in roaring like lions, but at halftime, he thinks they must have given them a banquet or something meal in their locker room because when they came out, they were like, they were like all satisfied, not not roaring, just like fed lions were laying around in the field, you know, had no interest in 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 playing that second half. So he thought maybe they, they might have put a little banquet there for him at halftime to get him uh, get him all uh, you know satisfied and everything, not so not so mean. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, Lefty had a brother, I think, if I may recall, uh, Righty Grizel, I think. He was very good at uh, miniature golf, but most people don't know that. Um, also, I was going to say here, you know, uh, Kelsey was real uh, upset, Travis Kelsey, with his coach holding that. And, and, and he apologized later because he thought that big card that the coach was always holding was a menu. And he was wondering what the coach was thinking he was going to eat after the game. He never realized that was actually a play chart or anything like that. But when he took a look at it, if you look at that play chart, uh, even Einstein looked like he'd have a hard time figuring out. I, I feel badly for Biennemi because he was the one that kind of got that. A lot of, I think he was responsible for getting Kansas City all that deceptive uh, motion. And, and, the, and we were trying to get that on the, on the Redskins. And uh, now they're getting rid of him. And, you know, each one of those teams, San Francisco and, and – um, Kansas City each had tremendous motion in the backfield from side to side. And even the last play of the game, Kansas City, uh, they do that play where they where the far-end receiver uh, runs out and cuts straight across and, and sets up a little bit of a post play for the guy inside of him to just cut out right away and gets him the ball on about a three-yard pass. That, 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 those plays are what win the game for Kansas City. They're not just so, so much superior athletically. They got the brain. Uh, they got the offensive plays, and Bieniemy had that, I think. And I hate to see him go on Washington. Well, he um, thanks for the call. He he had dr- called the play the previous Super Bowl that was very similar. It was just on the opposite side of the field, I believe. Right? Um, exactly. That was uh, in the red zone as well. No, that, that's that is uh, that is true. No, he did. 
Um, I'll be fascinated to see where he goes uh, if he goes back to Kansas City because now obviously there's that time. There's been a lot of other places uh, that have had coaching openings since then. Uh, maybe Ricky Ronnie could hire him. I mean, the, you know, apparently ODU needs a wide receivers coach. Why right? not? I mean, we just found out the guy who showed up is going. Is it reportedly? I mean, what is happening? Would, would Eric Bieniemy go to Georgia State? I know. Well, yeah, they need a head coach. So apparently, oh, by the way, I told you I'd get this information. Oh, that's right. So Georgia State is going to fire. I'm fire. Hire. <laughs> not fire. Hire a, a a football coach. Thank you for your from time. From the outside. Coach. From the outside. The strength coach is just there to be, you know, in charge of okay. running the offseason program. All right, that's all. Right, all. So all yes. Right. Well, that that's at least makes something. a lot more. It's sense, still right? interesting that that happened. Though. Yeah, much more, um, much more. But uh, thank you for clearing that up. Yeah, no problem. Makes much more sense than what we initially thought. Okay. All right. Seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Bill, by the way, will be at the Chuckle Hut in Dayton this weekend. <laughs> um, Edward in Virginia Beach. What's happening? How you doing, Scott? Hey, you, man. Um. Just a little follow up on the uh, the Kirk Cousins thing. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of just you talking about Kirk as a as a character. Uh, I mean, the character of a man, so to yeah. speak. Years ago, um, not that long ago, but was it seven, eight years ago when the Commanders were still the Redskins and they still came to Richmond? I believe it was their second year. Of course, Kirk, of course, was uh, drafted the same year as RG three. A lot of people have forgotten that. Uh, I remember being up there, Richmond, for the training camp, and right after they were done. You know, RG3, you couldn't even get him to look in the direction of the fans. I mean, he, he you know, his, you know what, then he was not going to waste his time with fans or anything. And I remember Kirk stood out there for hours, literally, signing autographs and talking to the fans. And this was already when the rumblings were, this is the second year, I believe, when the rumblings were, uh, Cousins has beaten RG3 out. He should be the starter here. And of course, they didn't want to do that because they were paying RG3 a fortune. But, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be very loyal, and I don't see any reason why he would leave Minnesota. I mean, it's a good football team, and he's a damn good uh, quarterback. Well, unless you know, again, unless they decide they don't want to. But yeah, I mean, I just, I just think it's the best fit for him. And at this point, you know, coming back from an injury, this isn't exactly ideal. Coming off of the, um, you know, coming off of that kind of injury and not finishing the season for for free agency, even even in a, in a, even in a depressed quarterback market, you know, when everybody there's more needs for quarterback than quarterbacks available. Uh, as well and then obviously you know look there's going to be there's going to be a market for Russell Wilson uh, as bad as things have been at times for him I think there's going to be a market for him because you're going to be getting him on the cheap and you know the Broncos are going to have to pay most of that money so I think there will be a market for him once he gets released not not as a trade uh, partner I, I don't know what day you were there I, I went up there for most of those years with that whole saga we did shows out there I mean I would say this, and, I, and I've not been the biggest Robert fan. He he did sign his fair share of autographs over the years, so I don't know what day it was or why it was, but he was he was pretty fan friendly uh, himself. I mean, he was he was very popular for a reason, and he really wasn't making a fortune. He was just their first round pick. They gave up a fortune to get him, uh, but he was their first round pick, and that's why. And, and the owner wanted him to be the guy. I mean, there was a couple moments where they were ready to move on. They finally in 2015, Scott McLuhan was the best work that he did. He and Jay, you know, had to go convince the owner that we're going to go with Kirk. This guy can't protect himself anymore. He, he's just done. He's shot mentally and physically, and that's when they did it. But I don't know. I mean, I again, I'd crush Robert for a lot of things. I don't I don't know if not signing autographs would be one of them over the years. I think he did his fair share of that. Maybe just the day you were there. I'm not sure. But anyway, yeah, well, it, it should be an interesting uh, process for him this offseason. But watching it makes little to no sense. Little to no sense. 
All right. Thanks, Edward. Appreciate it. All right. 757-687. I think we lost him. Uh, 757-687-9494. 757-687-9494. All right. That's the text line. Ballyhoo's phone line. You want to hit us up there as well. Uh, we can uh, continue to do so. All right. More in the football at four coming up, including uh, the Chiefs dicey situation when it comes to Chris Jones and uh, an interesting number I saw today on the Chiefs by the way when it comes to uh, Patrick Mahomes in this offense we'll get to that coming up as well as they start eyeballing a three-peat it's the Scott Jackson show Friday on sports radio 94.1 we are brought to you by Larry Kingwall James with him has got your sports center all right we are uh, back with you here uh, and the Daytona 500 is finally underway just four laps in 196 to go that's it James just 196 left uh, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. James obviously keep you posted through the updates. Of what's happening there? Uh, and uh, you know what? Will we be done? We'll be uh, we'll be done by the time. This oh, don't don't count on that. Yeah, we'll we, be done. we just. We'll, I think I think we'll be done. Yeah, I think we'll it's be NASCAR. Done. You never know. Yeah, it's true. You never know. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. At five o'clock, uh, Tony Massenberg. Former uh, Maryland star, uh, longtime NBA player, is going to join us to talk about the uh, days of Lefty Drizel at the University of Maryland. He was on that team uh, from his very last season uh, after the Len Bias tragedy and get his thoughts on the recruitment process playing for uh, the legendary uh, Hall of Fame coach um, when he joins us at 5 o'clock. All right. So, as you mentioned earlier, the caps or the uh, caps, the uh, tags can be applied tomorrow. We don't know the cap figure yet. For the NFL, but there's a real good chance um, if you look at Chris Jones for the Kansas City Chiefs, the franchise number for him, um, they put it because the Chiefs decide to apply the franchise. If they decide to put the franchise tag on him, um, they would have to be about about a thirty two point one six million dollar hit right there. That's a twenty percent bump over this twenty six point eight from last year. Should they do it? Um, it's tough. It's tough decision for the Chiefs because clearly they need him, but you also have Snead, which we discussed earlier. Uh, it's very complicated working out a long-term deal. Like, what's the guaranteed money? Uh, you know, how do you do all that? And does it make sense for him to do a long-term deal? Because again, if you start playing the tag game and figuring out how much money he would make, you know, you got to kind of weigh that in. And, and I guess part of this comes back to just how badly does he want to be there? Um, how much does the allure of trying to three-peat matter into this thing? Uh, as well and you know if they do it and they are able to get it done it makes life easier on the Sneed front because then they can just tag him but you know there's a chance that one or both of these players could hit into the open market uh, and then that's where it gets dangerous for the Chiefs because you just don't know what it would be I mean a, a rival like the Raiders for example could throw a lot of money at a Chris Jones and uh, really not only hurt the Chiefs but help themselves in the process so that's always their the kind of the catch 22 and you know at some point the chiefs probably in their own minds think hey you know this guy is disruptive we we want him and everything but we are also a great organization that's been able to draft behind players been able to um you know get get talent in here you know we've replaced tyree kill and won back-to-back super bowls without him so maybe they're maybe they're feeling themselves a little bit, right? Brent Veach and company feeling themselves a little bit. I don't know. To me, I wouldn't leave a whole lot to chance here, right? I I would be more of the mindset: you got to do what you got to do to keep most of this core together. Like the better part of the core that includes Snead, 
Uh, that includes Chris Jones. You want to keep those guys together uh, and make sure you have a real legit shot at three-peating, you know, run at the three-peat. You don't want to leave too many too many issues, um, you know, too many holes, I should say, to uh, to mess this thing up. It is going to be interesting, though, to see what they do because there's almost an equal amount of importance there, right? Because without Chris Jones, where is this defense, especially in the Super Bowl, without those certain pressures that Jones had to rattle Brock Purdy? But then at the same time, you look at LeJarrius Le- Sneed and how locked down those corners were this year, both of them, and Sneed, a big part of that. What are they even able to get the, that pressure yeah. without that kind of lockdown ability? So there's almost as crazy as it is to say, maybe we're underrating Legarius Sneed's contribution because Chris Jones made so much noise throughout this, the uh, the beginning part of the season. Yeah, I mean there is a little bit of that. Like you know, would you rather be strong in the back end, or would you have better pass rush? Right. Let's face it. I mean they both kind of work hand in hand, right? They go they go together. But that's kind of how they're going to have to. That's kind of how they're going to have to weigh it uh, as a as a franchise potentially if they cannot figure out a way to keep them both. And again, the timing here is the big deal, right? Because this is a, a finite a, a, a fine amount of time you have to get these contracts done before the open market. And you know, most players want to want to see what they're worth out there too. They don't have to. That's that's fair. Come back to you. You don't get you know the last dibs, so to speak, if they don't want to. So here's an interesting stat. Um, Patrick Mahomes, so you remember when he came, uh, the first year as a starter, okay, in 2019, they have this uh, average length of, um, you know, measured air yards, average measured air yards per touchdown pass. So his first year in the league in 2019 as a starter, remember he was in 2018, was his rookie season, but he only played that one game at the end of the year. He averaged 17 yard, 17.3 yards in the air per touchdown pass. That's pretty large. That's a lot. In 2020, he was averaging 13 yards. So it went down a little bit, right? 2021, 8.5 yards. You know, now remember what happened in the 2021 offseason. They traded Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins. Last year, just 4.5 air yards on touchdown passes for Patrick Mahomes. Wow. This year, 3.9. So his, his his air yards have gone down significantly. Yet his production is obviously still high, and they're still champions since that 2019 Super Bowl year. How crazy is that? You want to talk about finding a way, right, to adjust and modify Absolutely. your game to continue to be great? That's that's incredible. Yeah, that just again shows you how amazing he is. Number one, and obviously Andy Reid's ability to draw him up, right? How what a great offensive mind he is. And you know, we would never call Patrick Mahomes like a check down Charlie or no, no. Or like, oh yeah, he just gets all the yak, you know, like like Brock Purdy sometimes a knock as well. Yeah, he threw a five yard slant and Debo Samuel ran through six tackles, you know, it was like a sixty yard play or something. But you would never say that about about Mahomes. But again, this is the way that they've they've had a play over that period of time. So it's just fascinating because like a lot of people, I was when they traded Tyreek Hill I was very skeptical of what their offense was going to be but here you go they're still killing it right I mean they're absolutely um they're absolutely still killing it right now it is it's impressive uh what they've been able to do to go back to back and a chance to three-peat next year after moving away one of the most explosive players in the NFL all right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. We'll get to some of the uh, text, your calls. Welcome as well if you want to jump in on the uh, 
Ballyhoo's phone line at 757-687-9494. All right, it is football at four. We'll continue uh, coming up here on the other side at five o'clock. Tony Massenberg, former Maryland star, talks about the great lefty Drizell with us here after his death this weekend. Scott Jackson, Joe Pryor, Dano Sports Radio, 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, and we are uh, brought to you by Larry King Law. Already an accident at the Daytona 500. What did you just tell me about Jimmy Johnson? Jimmy Johnson, who, of course, you know, seven-time cup champion. Yeah. This was probably going to be his last 500. He kind of snuck into the field there in the duels, and he was part of the tail end of that wreck. He was out there about as long as Aaron Rodgers was for the Jets. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear Lord. All right. Another legend bites the dust. Jeez. That was messy. That was messy. So off to a roaring start here in the 500 on a Monday. Um, I got a question from Greg in Gloucester. Um, he says, do you think baseball will have a salary cap or the NFL has no salary cap first? Well, they had the one uncapped year in the NFL. Yeah, right? had that work out in Washington. Didn't Not work out great. so good for Washington or um, the Raiders or the Cowboys. Mostly Washington because they you know, took it literally, which was, hey, it's an uncapped year. Do what you want. And then there was apparently this collusional rule that the owners have put together they didn't tell the players and the players association about which was no you can't you know just start using this as a free pass to get rid of bad contracts which is exactly what Washington did and they got hit with a cap penalty the next year for breaking rules that were actually not in place just follow me yeah thanks to uh Mr. Mara yeah the snitch uh anyway so i don't think NFL's ever going back to uncap so i guess it would have to be baseball then and i'm not sure baseball's ever going to a cap either at least the Dodgers hope they don't. Um, also, it's, he said, isn't it funny how we busted Tampa's balls for being dink and dunk uh, back in the day? Um, Tom Brady, right? Is he talking about busted TB's balls for being dunk? Well, but Tom Brady with the uh, Buccaneers was actually not dink and dunk because he had receivers that could actually stretch the field. Yeah, he had Godwin. He had, yeah. he had Evans. He had all yeah. kinds. He had Gronk. Yeah, he, he could stretch the field there. But yeah, there was a stretch for Brady with the, with the uh, Patriots where – you know, they had, again, all these former lacrosse players um, playing, playing receiver, <laughs> and they were kind of a dink and dunkish kind of offense uh-huh. at times. Hey, man, whatever works. Like, they keep score. So if you win, it really doesn't matter how you get yourself there. You know what I mean? That's what does not matter to me. Just because it's the football equivalent of sweeping the legs several times in Mortal Kombat doesn't mean it's not effective. <laughs> or in Karate Kid, the movie, there Sweep the Leg. Johnny, sweep the leg. All right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. If you want to hit us up, Ballyhoo's phone line or, again, the uh, text line uh, open for your uh, open for your use as well. All right, um, so a few more items from the NFL from uh, the weekend that was, that you know, some more information that it starts matriculating out here. Uh, you had mentioned this earlier, but the um, – the fact that the Chargers have already kind of gotten aggressive with trying to fix their cap issues is interesting, right? So they have um, they have a situation where they've got a like what do we see here fifty one million dollars in caps in ca- well, over the caps. It's bad. It's yeah, bad. It's really bad. It's like fifty fifty one guys like Mike Evans uh, are gonna you know a lot of money. Keenan Allen, Bosa. Uh, you also have um, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack, who's going to you know be there, so they're going to have to make some cuts. So they have um, restructured with what their center is it their center they restructured with over the weekend. Yep, that was that was significant um, to help save money. So this is what again Jim Harbaugh is not just in there, you know, fixing the weight room up, shining things up. But Corey Lindsley gets this restructured deal. 
reduces the salary um, to the minimum for next year, and they get like ten point two nine million back in the deal. So again, if you if they were mathematically at fifty million above the cap uh, just earlier this week, now they've gotten about ten to eleven million dollars back. Uh, pretty significant. Now they still get a lot of other work to do. I still think Mike. I would suspect Mike Williams will not be part of the team, but I could be wrong. And of course, you've got free agents like Austin Eckler, who it just doesn't make sense right now, especially when you get so much cheaper. You can go so much cheaper uh, these days at the running back position. It doesn't seem to make much sense either. And, and frankly, and I like Austin Eckler, but he doesn't. He didn't have the punch last year that we've seen from some years past. So. I would suspect that he will also be one of these guys that is on the cap casualty end of it all before it's uh, said and done with um, what they're doing now with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers and uh, Jim Harbaugh here in the early going. All right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. get to some of the commanders for agent stuff later on. I don't think they're going to use the tag, but... You know, again, I could be proven wrong here. Uh, Nate Impicosin is with us here on the Ballyhoo's phone line. What's happening, Nate? Scott, how you doing, baby? Good, man. How are you? Good. How can Patino keep his job? <laughs> Thank you. How, how, how does he keep his job? Help me out here. Um, this because he, well, because he's Patino, I guess, right? But you know, as an administration, <laughs> and I, and you know how this is too. I I don't know a whole lot about St. John's, you know, structure there, but. I mean, this is where the AD or this really the school president more so probably has to go to him and go, look, man, you, you got to come out and, and walk some of this back because you look like an out of touch old curmudgeon, right? I mean, you just sound like a, a baby, you know, blaming the kids and not, you know, not taking any, any accountability. It just looks awful. Um, the the it, kids are paying this salary. Yeah. Scott. Yeah. 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 If it's I'm the terrible. president, I call them in and say, Okay, you want to go to the Brooklyn Nets? Bye. <laughs> Brooklyn Nets wouldn't want him either. You know that. Uh. <laughs> he, he's got to go, baby. I got to tell you, I've never seen or heard yeah. in six years I've been following baskets now yeah. a coach ever throw kids under the bus like this turd did today. Yeah, and here's the thing. Um you know, you knew what you were getting into. It's a reclamation project. St. John's has not been, you know, outside of the Lavin couple seasons. They've they've struggled for a long time. They're not what they used to be. They weren't the team that he was at many, many moons ago, right? Uh, it's just not that, you know, the world's changed. It's Karnaseka and, and, and Big John Thompson in that con- conference, right? And the glory days of the Big East. So he had to know what he was getting into. And it just it just comes off, you know, again, like, hey, it's it's them, it's not me. And it's just, it's all the things that uh, you don't want to hear. And look, I'm not saying there aren't a lot of other coaches that probably feel the exact same way, but you don't say it in front of a microphone after a loss. I mean, it's just, you don't do that. You don't make it public. It makes you look weak. It makes you look like you're out of answers. And you're supposed to be the guys with the answers because they're paying you the big dollars. Patino is weak. Yeah. He lacks character. No, totally. Yeah. Time and time. Yeah. How, no. how do you, how do you just, uh, I'm flabbergasted and I'm not a St. John's guy. I'm a Villanova guy. Right, right. No, I'm with you. I'm not either. And I, I actually thought it was a good hire. I was actually excited to see what he did because I was impressed with the Iona stuff. I was like, well, good for him. You know, he went to a lower level. He's, you know, he's working his way back after, you know, the ugliness of what ended Louisville. And yet, you know, here he is, you know, not even, you know, not even into March yet in the season. He's just throwing the team under the bus. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, they should make him coach the All-Star game. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Go yeah. And what's funny too, somebody had sent me the uh, sent me a text earlier, like, well, you know, his unfortunate problem of why it didn't work in the Celtics is he didn't win the draft lottery and get Tim Duncan. And I'm like, okay, sure, but you do understand the Celtics the very next year after he resigned were in the Eastern Conference Finals under Jim O'Brien and went to the playoffs the next four years, I want to say, before bottoming out a little bit and, and building back up. But you know, so clearly he didn't know what the hell he was doing with the Celtics, <laughs> you know, because they were fine the next year when he was out of there. Their next full off season, they were like, okay, cool, cleared him out of here, and we're we're going to be just okay. So, yeah, I'll be fascinated to see where this goes from here. If he do, a apologizes, like you just said, he has to. Uh, B and if he doesn't, like, how does the team react? Does it just get worse from here on out? I I wouldn't be shocked if it was. I wouldn't be disappointed in the team if it, if it got worse either because. I don't know how you could really respect your coach after he did that to you. Who's who's going to let their kid play for Patino? There's a, yeah right. There's another point. Like I was saying to, J, to James earlier, could you imagine like your kids on scholarship there? And you're like, great, this is the guy I sent him to play for. I mean, I, I guess sounding the way he's sounding, he's probably hoping everybody does get in the portal and he can start over. But he's going to find out kids aren't impressed with Rick Pitino Hall of Famer anymore. I mean, better, more re, you know, recent coaches decided this day and age was too difficult to stick around with, including Jay Wright. I, I can't imagine anybody cares about Rick Pitino at this point or remembers who Rick Pitino was, frankly, uh, in most of these young kids' cases. I remember him for being the, the piece of work that he always has been, and he's been lacking character he has nothing to do with teaching young men how to play and learn about life the guy is just despicable yep all right man hey good stuff nate appreciate the call man all right baby you take care now don't be a stranger see ya yeah i mean he's right you're not wrong i mean again he's he's had you know a checkered past (laughs) right is that the nice that's to put it mildly mildly is it a checkered past and it's just, you know, again, character, like in tough times, like what do they say? Like in tough times, you, you know, people, you know, find out who, what people are, like how they are, how they handle like yeah. bad times. And this is what you're finding out about him, right? Like he's a blamer. Uh, he's a finger pointer, no accountability. Uh, I can't, you know, he can't coach his way out of this, you know, kind of thing. And it's just, it's embarrassing. It really is. I, I heard it. And I watched some of the game. Look, I watched some of the game yesterday. It was on after the Indiana game. And, you know, they got off to a great start, and I went away from the game and I came back, and I was like, well, what the hell happened here, right? But this is, you know, this happens all the time in college basketball. You get big leads, and, you know, that's where the shot clock is is a great equalizer, right? Like, you got you to gotta keep going. You can't just rest. In, you can't rest. Players can't. Coaches can't. You got to – it's a full 40-minute game, you know, and sometimes overtime. So, you know, he just <laughs> – Yes, true. He just, you know – this reacts is terrible. And, you know, this is the tough thing when you have a guy of his stature, right, who's done as much in his career. I mean, I don't know who St. John's SID is, but I'm, I'm sure it's not in his pay grade to be able to, like, give the coach the hook sign, you know, like from the side, like, yo, or like, all right, last question. You know, like jump in with the last question after he had one or two, three heated, you know, you know, salvos against his players. Like, all right, one more question. You know, like you got to read the room like, this guy's just destroying himself in our in our in our team in our in our school, right? Like he's he's putting it out there. You got to stop him, stop him since he can't stop himself. I wonder if there is an SID that could stop Rick Patino. Yeah, probably not. Um, but you would have to just again, you just cut it off the press conference and deal with the repercussions. Oh yeah, oh definitely, because you're going to get cussed out by him. But you, you got to at least stop him because he's just there's just there was there was no there was no upside in what he did clearly. And again, we've 
you know, we hit on it in the first hour, and obviously uh, people are still hitting me up on the text line about it. And it's just – it's it's noticeable, like, because no other coach is doing this stuff. Like, what are you doing, man? Anyway, 757-687-9494. All right, we're going to get to an update from uh, James Witham on the other side. Uh, Tony Massenberg, former Maryland Terrapin who played for Lefty Drizel, uh, is going to join us here. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident? Call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED. James Witham, Scott, your sports center.